Before we start our show, I just wanted to remind you all that we are in the closing few weeks of our end of year campaign, where we are inviting each of you to partner with us not only by helping us reach our end of year goal of $350,000, but also by committing to practice peace with us. In case you missed it, we shared the stories of peacemakers who practice peace every day and inspire us to commit to doing so too on Instagram during Practice Peace Week. You don't want to miss their stories, so check them out after the show. And if you want to help us form new communities of peacemakers to help transform intractable conflict, donate this end of year by clicking the link in our show notes. All of this work, whether that's leading trips to Israel-Palestine and across the American South, recording our podcast, hosting webinars and trainings, or speaking in local communities, and developing small groups of practitioners and peacemakers across the country. All of it happens because folks like you give generously to this mission. Together and with your support, we can transform systems of conflict across the world. So donate this end of year. We would be so grateful and practice peace with us. Now onto the show. Hello and welcome to The Check-In. This is your host, David Cadabaugh, checking in from Washington, D.C. We are excited for today's show. It'll be quick. We have a small group um, and we're excited to have a new face on the show. But first, Todd, where are you checking in from? I'm home and that's not always the case. So I've been on the road a lot. I've led 10 Telos trips this year uh, and most of them were in the fall. So it's been a busy season, but I'm home in Annandale, Virginia right now, ready for Christmas. We're glad to have you back on the show, Todd. It has been a minute. You have been out of the office for quite some time, so it's good to see your face, even virtually for now. Uh, we also have a new member of the Telos team we are so excited to introduce you to, um, and her name is Frances. Frances, where are you checking in from? Hello, I am checking in from New Orleans, Louisiana. Amazing. New Orleans is a core stop on our Restore US trip. It's where we start all of our trips down in the South. Um, we spend a lot of time there. There's so much to see and do. Frances is the newest uh, Restore US program coordinator. So she is helping us plan and coordinate those trips. And we are so excited that she is on the team. And you're gonna get to hear a little bit more from her later on in the show about her experience so far. Um, but we are recording this in uh, the week leading up to Christmas. Hanukkah has already started for those who practice um, that holiday and celebrate that. Um, we are now technically in the season of Advent for Christians. It's a season in the liturgical calendar in the weeks leading up to Christmas of waiting and longing for the arrival of Christ, culminating in the incarnation at Christmas. So it's been a busy couple of weeks for everybody, I'm sure. We've been busy gearing up for our end of year campaign, wrapping up a, a, a fall and a beginning of winter um, of lots of travel. So today we wanted to take some time, actually a small moment to just reflect on how things have gone over the past couple of months and invite some peacemaking practices into our holiday activities, as well as celebrate the moments of joy and hope we've experienced over the past couple of months. Um, and I invited Todd and Francis on to share about one of the recent trips that uh, happened in the South. Um, but first, before we hear about that, Todd, I wanted to, to hear your thoughts actually on what the Advent season kind of means for you as a peacemaker. Um, you come into this work um, as a Christian um, and practice the season of Advent. And I'm curious, 
what does it look like for you to think about Advent, to live in Advent as a peacemaker? What kinds of practices do you lean into during this season that you would recommend um, the folks on the network who are part of churches or part of a Christian community to be thinking about in this season? Well, I think um, Advent is a it's a it's an important opportunity for me as a Christian to do something that I think is really central to peacemaking in general for anyone, whether whether you're a Christian or not. And one of the ways that we talk about peacemaking is that it's both an internal and an external practice. And another way to talk about that is that you are holding together both contemplation and action. Um, and it's easy to be when the, when the when the challenges in front of us are so daunting and so urgent. It's easy to be all about action. Um, or in the world we live in, it's also easy to be not about action at all, but to to sit on the sidelines or, or to check out. Uh, and what what uh, I think peacemaking really is about is about doing both the interior and internal work and the external work in the world around us. And Advent is this beginning of the Christian calendar um, that comes around every year in the same way that Lent, which is another important uh, season of contemplation for Christians, comes around. And it gives us this opportunity to go inward, to reflect, um, to do honest work of repentance. Um, the, The theme of Advent is often thought to be about, you know, waiting and expectation, this expectant, this notion of expectant waiting um, in this belief that, that, um, that we are not alone, that, that there's a God and he loves us and he's about the business of making things right. And, um, and yet also honoring and recognizing that, that the world we live in um, can often feel more that God is absent or silent um, and so Advent is this way to, to lean into that, to that silence, uh, to lean into our, um, our own complicity in some, and then also to look forward to and, uh, expectantly wait for, um, for the rescue, uh, for the, for the restoration, for the healing of all things and to, to, steal ourselves to do the work, to participate in that, in that healing and work in the world, to not just be, uh, be sort of inactively waiting, but to wait with expectation means that we actually are about doing something as we wait. We are participating in the world in a different way. Uh, and as a Christian, I think that's what Advent suggests to me is to to, to, to enter into this season in a reflective way, but also to learn to live into this season and into the fullness of the year in a way that is centered on living differently uh, in the world uh, and trying to be disruptive of broken systems of power, to try to be healing and engaging in the work of forgiveness and repair and uh, all those sorts of things and justice in the world. Uh, so I think Advent is just, it's been, it's become over the last 25 years for me, a really significant part of, of the rhythm of my life. Um, and so I'm, I'm always grateful to, to think about all these things in this particular season. Todd, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about so many of our principles and practices of peacemaking, which have been a big part of our end of year campaign, um, in which we're inviting folks to practice peace. But even some of the, of the things that you're saying that you're doing right now in Advent come to mind of self-interrogation, of owning our agency and responsibility, um, right? Of both contemplating 
and acting, um, of reflecting and putting into practice those things that we know and believe and having this vision of what is to come. You know, it's kind of who we are as an organization. Telos is, is a word that describes kind of this end goal, this purpose, this direction where we're directing all of our energy. Um, and so to have that as the, the anchor and the centerpiece, um, both in this season of Advent and, you know, for those not from a religious background or community to have that vision of, of hope and, and justice and healing and wherever it is as, as the North Star, um, you know, which is an evocative uh, Advent image as well. Um, that resonated with me, Todd. I know I like, and I, one of the things, you know, that I think about in terms of our own work and our principles and practices of peacemaking and, uh, and the way that we try to think about these things and teach them and live them out. Uh, you know, the very first practice of peacemaking is listening to understand. And the, one of the ways that we always talk about that is that uh, we take, we, we, we take the world as it is, not as we want it to be. And, and, and that's one of the things I think Advent reminds to one of my favorite um theologians and preachers and Advent writers in particular is a, a woman named Fleming Rutledge. And she says that uh, she's an Episcopal priest in New York. And she says, um, uh, Advent begins in the dark. She, she begins a lot of her writings and her sermons with that, with that idea. And it, and it, it's this notion that you, you, you start with the world as it is. <clears throat> You're honest about the world as it is. And that's a part of the work of peacemaking is that you, you, you take the world as it is, um, doesn't mean that, that you are, have to be content for, for to leave it there, but that's that's where you begin the journey. Um, and that's where you begin the work of peacemaking is as honest as understanding and a willingness to to lean in and listen and learn and, and understand and accept where where we where we start. But also the notion that we don't we're not fated to always be in that place. Um, and and as you said, Advent is this way for Christians of orient us, orienting us toward toward rescue and repair and healing, uh, toward a, toward a North star that, that then equips us to do the things that, that, uh, are consistent with a different way of living together in the world. That's not like the one that we are encountered, the darkness that we, that we can live in. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful word. Advent begins in the dark. And it, it reminds me even of, in some ways, the experiences that we offer to folks and the journey that we're inviting them into by coming on a trip with us to travel, right? Sometimes we wade into, right into the depths of the darkness of, you know, our nation's past of conflict and violence. And yet it's through that, that we begin to see the light break through. It's kind of like that Leonard Cohen quote, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets through. Uh, in some ways, that's the invitation that we offer folks to come on our experiences to see and to be a part of. Um, but I actually want to hear about an experience that you both had on a recent trip um, with a community from Northern Virginia called Restoration Anglican. Todd, as you describe it, this is your home church. This is where you go on Sundays in the community that you get to be a part of. Um, I'd love to hear what that experience was like for you, um, getting to travel with this group. I've led 70 Telos trips through the years, um, 58 of those to Israel and Palestine. And now I've, I just did my 12th one to the U.S. South with Francis in, in November with Restoration Anglican. And yet um, almost all of those, well, up until this last one uh, in, to the South, I had never actually gone with a group from my home church that was a spot that was sponsored by my home church. Um, and that felt uh, incredible in a way. It was so, um, it was so affirming and, and, um, 
and just really uh, humbling in a way that my my home church um, has you know embraced this work in a way where they leaned into it and they invited uh, others from the congregation to come along. And then it also felt like um, it kind of ratcheted up the pressure because when I, you know, go with the, with someone else's church and then I, I take them and t- turn their world upside down a bit in one of our experiences. And then, then I, you know, and don't walk away because we want to be in relationship and I, and I really work to maintain relationships on the other side of it, but it's not my own community. And, um, and so I don't normally see all the fine details of any, of any consequences of people, um, who've had these experiences and come back changed and when, how they sort of think about things maybe differently than before. Um, and so, you know, there's always that, there's that sort of side of it too, but it was just really gratifying to me to go with such an amazing and thoughtful group of people from right here in my own community in the DC area, um, down South. That's so exciting. And we actually um, got to hear uh, from a couple of the parishioners of Restoration uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to share some of their thoughts and remarks later on in the show um, about what that experience was like for them. But before we get there, Francis, I want to draw you in here um, and hear your thoughts just about the broader experience of the the Restore US tour and your, your thoughts and reflections on what that has been like for you. Um, being a part of this work, um, particularly what what have been some of the key learnings that you've taken away from being a part of these trips now for a couple of months? Yeah, I think, um, well, I want to start with the restoration group was really awesome and amazing. And I really enjoyed seeing Todd be with his fellow parishioners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his group was really awesome and I really enjoyed being with them. I think some of the... One of the biggest things I have learned throughout this experience um, would be just how astonishing it is of the lack of knowledge there is, especially um, coming from the South. I was born and raised in Montgomery, which is the ending point of our Restory trip. And even on my first visit with the Telos trip, there were things that I didn't even know. And I spent 20 years there and had never even heard of some of the people there that we meet and speak to. Um, And I think that's kind of speaks to what we do with our program in that it's so important and there is a need for this uh, work and spreading these stories. What you're speaking to is so important because, you know, part of why we're calling it Restory US is because there's a lack of so many of these stories being told, right? There's only one narrative being told about who we are as a people, as a nation often. And there's no, there's no unifying narrative that creates space for all of us. Right. And so part of what we're doing is telling new stories, as you're saying. And so I love that that's the framing of the entire trip is that we're restoring who we are as a people in order to bring us closer to what it means to have a, a land of, of justice and peace for everyone to flourish. Um, I'm curious to hear from your experiences so far, what have been some of the most encouraging outcomes that you've witnessed, particularly for folks who, um, you know, at the end of the trip, as they're reflecting and processing and what it has meant for them, and especially how they plan to put it into action. What has been most encouraging for you, um, as you've heard from these folks? I think on the last day when we all gather um, after we visit the EJI Museum, the Legacy Museum, after we visit the Legacy Museum, and we are all debriefing, and Todd does such a wonderful job at leading that. Um, Everyone just seems to be grappling with these intense emotions, but they also 
have a drive and an urge to really bring this back to their community. Uh, my first group that I led by myself was the Courageous Communities group. And their momentum at the end of the trip, it just seemed to like, it was the reason why their plane left Montgomery Airport. They were so ready to get back and start this work. Um, and that was really encouraging. And still to this day, they are very uh, and excited about our work and bringing it back to their own uh, community. And I think that's really awesome. Oh, that's so cool to hear. And I, I actually got to talk with um, Reverend Dr. Uh, Zina Jacques just like a week or two after the experience. And she was effusive of how much it meant to her and how many ideas she had leaving that experience of how she could integrate the learnings that she came up with and even um, create new experiences for her community around these issues. So well done on that trip. I just have to say to our network, Francis has been such a champion and hero joining our staff um, since August. Um, she came in in a moment of true need um, and has really stepped up. So we're so grateful to have Francis on uh, our team, on our staff. Um, hopefully you'll be hearing from her more but if not, you'll have to come on a Restore US trip uh, with us to get to know her better. And I promise you, you won't regret it. Well, to, to wrap up our show, um, we actually get want to share with you um, some remarks that folks at Restoration shared a couple of weeks ago with within the congregation, reflecting on this question of what does it mean to listen, especially in a season of Advent and some of the learnings that they experienced on the trip. So They've actually recorded um, their remarks for us to share. Um, and then we're really excited for you to hear them as an example of what does it mean to share your stories after an experience with us? And what does it mean to practice peace? So part of what that looks like is offering others an invitation into the same journey that you get to be a part of and that you started, whether that's with us or elsewhere. Stay awake. These are the words of Jesus in the Gospels and Revelation. And during Advent, they orient us towards Jesus's second coming. These are words too of many prophets, biblical and modern day. Martin Luther King Jr. said, there is nothing more tragic than to sleep through a great revolution. Advent is a season for waiting and listening, which we often think of as passive behavior. Our culture values productivity and efficiency, not slowing down and being still. However, the choice to be quiet can be an act of resistance against the busyness and noise that can make us deaf to the truth. Hi, I'm David, and that was my daughter, Miriam. In early November, we traveled with a group from Restoration Anglican Church in Virginia on a re-story U.S. Telos trip to Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. The purpose of this trip was to listen and learn from those who are grappling with both the legacy and the current reality of a grievous sin, white supremacy and white idolatry. When I'm confronted with something that awful, my temptation is to do, to act. I had that temptation on this trip. There's undoubtedly a time to act, but it starts by listening. And we heard from some amazing people. We heard God's voice in their songs of lament the invitations to relationship around shared meals, and expressions of creativity and joy through art and service. On the penultimate day of the trip, we visited the Selma Center for Nonviolence, Truth, and Reconciliation to learn about peacemaking as a practice of Dr. King's beloved community. 
The center overlooks the Alabama River and the Edmund Pettus Bridge, where voting rights marchers were brutally attacked by police on their way to Montgomery on Bloody Sunday, 1965. Our facilitator, Ayinka Jackson, started by inviting us to be silent and then to hum quietly to ground our souls and be at peace within ourselves as we approached the act of peacemaking. Later, we sang This Little Light of Mine, and on each new verse, a different participant replaced the word mine with a word or phrase that had touched them. So it became this little light of justice, this little light of peace, and so on. This mutual witness is one way that God speaks to us. As Dr. King said, all mankind is tied together, all life is interrelated, and we are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. A few weeks ago, our pastor David Hankey encouraged us to look at those around us in the pews and recognize the rich resource of our fellow congregants. In that vein, I share these wise words of my friend Todd Dethridge, who founded Telos, guided our trip, and has created peacemaking communities around the world. It is the truth that sets us free, not a fictionalized narrative of our past. God is inviting us into peacemaking, the pursuit of justice with an orientation toward healing and reconciliation. This is the good news of the gospel and the hope of Advent. So stay awake. Enjoy your holiday season, folks. We'll see you on the other side of the new year in 2023, and we look forward to practicing peace with you on that side. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll see you next time.